We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Making Mizzou episode number four. We appreciate you guys being with us, and we want to give a big shout-out to our sponsor, 360 Vodka, for making this show possible. A uh, huge shout-out to my co-host, Tommy Saunders. Tommy, what's up, man? How you doing today? Doing great, man. How you doing? Doing all right, doing all right. Sitting here, getting ready to talk a little bit Mizzou sports, so it's not really a better place to be, man. Right. Uh, and we could jump right into it. We finally got to see some live action no practice no hype no scrimmages no nothing this is line up 11 v 11 and let's get it on man what were your initial thoughts from the game um i saw some great things you know first game uh you never know what the coaches what they're trying to accomplish giving some people some opportunities to make plays uh you know rotation and whatnot you know they're not going to come out and call all their plays just really letting the kids play and see what is going to happen. So I saw some, you know, great things, some flashes of great things. I also saw a lot of ways they can improve. You know, I saw a couple receivers make some big plays on um, just in their route running and, and catching the ball. Um, I saw some of them get jammed off the line, you know. And so uh, I think that consistency is what you're looking for. But also first game uh, – Get the win, most important. Uh, what about you? What What did you see? What was your takeaway? Mine was pretty much the same thing. You know, as you were talking, it sounded like a first game, right? You come out, your offense is sort of vanilla. Um, but I was kind of impressed with some of the plays uh, that Drink called. I saw, you know, like a, a attempted at least double reverse pass in there and um, some trickery with some jet sweeps and things like that. And so whenever I saw that, those – the plays with that kind of depth that early on, it made me think, what are they trying to set up for the next week, you know, already? And so if these are the kind of plays that they're showing in week one and in game one. Um, I was kind of excited to see uh, what they've got in store for the rest of the year. Cause one of the, one of the things about drink is he's an, he's an offensive whiz is what they say, you know, he's a good play caller and he's a good play designer. And so um, it was pretty encouraging to see them running some complex plays early on. But then again, you know, it was still it was the first game and there were uh, quite a few mistakes made. Um, I don't think there's any reason to be discouraged, but there are some things to sure up, you know, with the run defense. 
Um, they allowed, you know, uh, a lot of rushing yards. I don't know what the exact number was, close to 200, I believe it was. Um, and they were big runs, and a few of them came on third down. And so right. those were the things that kind of were concerning to me was uh, not being able to get off the field. If you cannot stop the run in the SEC, you're done. If you can't get off the field on third down, you're done. And if you can't get off the field and people on third down and they're gaining first downs by running the ball, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Uh, watching um, Coach Drink's press conference after the game, one of the things he talked about was how well, and we'll get to this later on in the show, but how well Kentucky does at uh, uh, setting up play action off the run game. And so that's probably going to be a huge point of emphasis for them, for Kentucky right. this week in practice, and something that Mizzou is going to have to be prepared to defend. Uh, another thing that I was uh, a little disappointed in was uh, the playmaking ability of the receivers. Uh, there were some tough catches. Uh, you know, they took quite a few shots downfield, which was very encouraging. Whether or not they were catching the ball, trying to take the lid off the defense, and making sure that they don't creep too close up to the line of scrimmage uh, and get comfortable hanging around there is extremely important to um, to making big plays, but to being able to call all the plays in your toolbox. And so I was impressed by uh, his ability um, and his decisions to continue to go downfield, but the receivers weren't making big plays. And some of these right. passes were contested. You know, they were tough catches. But if you throw right. six of them, you got to come down with two of them. You know, those are the things that good teams do is they make those plays that are just like, you just got to make them. You know, nobody and, did it. Oh, my gosh, it's a great catch. How do you make that catch? But, like, that's what great teams do is they find a way right. to make a certain percentage of those unbelievable plays. And so that's something that I'll be looking for uh, moving forward as well throughout the rest of the season. Right. Like, on those – some of those deep passes, I saw two of them specifically – where and this comes with experience, right? right? Where, you know, the receiver gets the outside release, or they're getting great releases. Um, they do arm over, but as they arm over, they're keeping their body square to the field. They're not getting their shoulders over the top and keep their shoulders with the defenders right behind them. So whenever right. they're turned at an angle and they're trying to make a play, well, the defenders right there to make a play too, instead of having their shoulders on top, catching on the outside of the body, which that comes with experience. Yeah. And um, and just doing those fundamentals is um, that's the difference, like you said, in those two in those two catches coming down with it, and yeah. that changes the game. You you know the the game comes down to a handful of plays, five, six, seven plays, and uh, it can totally change the game around. And so, as I'm looking at the offense, that's what I see. I see uh, I see those little changes that change the outcome of the game and so i know everybody wants to go and look at oh you know it wasn't you know it was too close for the first game and we got <laughs> you know got to make a bunch of improvements but as i look at it from a receiver perspective i see you know two arm overs and keeping the shoulders square catching the ball on the outside changes the game you know you got two 60 yard passes there you know two scores earlier on in the game. So uh, it's interesting to see if they can, if they can uh, make those little changes, those fundamental changes that uh, can change the outcome of the game. Yeah. And something like that, you know, it's not just points on the board, but as you're putting up those points on the board, it's momentum. And when you're playing a team who knows they're inferior, 
it starts weighing on their mindset as well. And, uh, you know, it's tough for them to gain that confidence to hang around in the game and to keep that drive to want to keep going out on that field and getting smacked in the mouth. And so there are a lot of things that can come from just making those those minor changes. Um, the uh, one thing, another thing that I was really impressed with was that we didn't have any penalties until the third quarter. You know, in the first game, um, defensively, we've got a new defensive coordinator, so they're running a new scheme. Offensively, you know, this is what the second year um, learning this new scheme. Uh, you got a lot of new players out there, and so to be able to have the discipline uh, to go through the entire first half of the game, I can't remember how many we ended up with. I think it was only a couple, but the be into the third quarter before you had any sort of penalty at all uh, for Mizzou, I thought was really good. And I think it's probably a testament to Coach Drink and how he runs that program. And so that's one thing, you know, is as teams are coming along, as teams are developing, you can be okay with a missed play here, a drop ball there. Sometimes things don't always work out. But when your team is undisciplined and they're making uh, self-inflicted wounds, it's just bad football. That's when people start to get upset. That's when right. you start to wonder what's really going on there and uh, when things can start to unravel. And so, you know, for and there were quite a good few good things in that game. But if you're you know, focusing on all of it and you're thinking about the longevity and where things are headed, I think he's got the right discipline on the team. And obviously the guys are bought into the system um, and paying attention. And so I thought that that was uh, I thought that was a really good positive uh, that we'll take away from the game. What did you think about the enthusiasm? I couldn't really get a, a sense of how hyped the guys were without being there. Uh, yeah. I think that's one thing you got to get get on the sideline and, and be down there and see the guys and see how hyped they are. What was your sense just from watching it on TV of how enthusiastic those guys were and how fired up they were throughout the whole game? I was kind of like you. It felt difficult to gauge how excited they were. It kind of looked like it looked like a first game for a lot of guys, like not just the first game of the season, but it looked like a first game, you know, in terms of nerves, in terms of getting your feel. And you got to think about it. These cats spent last year with no fans in the stands. So this was like, uh, you know, even if guys did play last year, this was kind of like a first game um, for some of the younger players because there were no fans. Everything was like practice. (laughs) And one of the things Drink said was last year, you could, change the play from the sideline pre-snap because you could yell out there and they could hear you. But you put, you know, 60,000 fans in the stands like there were on Saturday, and uh, it really changes the ball game. And so that was kind of the sense that I got uh, from the enthusiasm. There were guys jumping around and flying around after making plays and things like that, and that's what you really want to see. Um, but I, I look for that enthusiasm level to be, like, you know, permeate through the TV for me to be able to feel that, for it to be tangible in my basement when I'm watching the game. And so uh, I think that that'll come. I think that'll come with experience, with success, um, with familiarity. Uh, but uh, this game, I, I did feel like it was, you know, might've been missing a little bit, but without being there, you can't really tell. How about yourself? Right. Yeah. I think, you know, I think back to my first games and I was only worried about myself and making sure I do what I need to do. I wasn't trying to cheer on anybody or tell somebody a great catch or anything. I'm like, hey, what am I supposed to do? Who am I blocking? You make sure I right. look the ball in, all the fundamentals, what what signal, who's this? You know, there's so many aspects to the game that I'm, as a redshirt freshman, you know, not trying to mess up, you know. Yep. And, you know, you, you know, you've seen it. You've seen guys get an opportunity the first game – 
You're in the rotation. <laughs> they get out there. They drop a ball. That's it. They're not seeing the, game, the field again. There's not four years gone. Yep. So I think that uh, when you see when you talk about the experience, you talk about the younger players. I think that enthusiasm and that energy that comes with knowing what you're supposed to do and reaction instead of thinking mm -hmm. uh that's where the enthusiasm comes in and i think you'll see that as the season progresses yeah. but yeah i mean my first game was at arrowhead stadium and i felt like i'm from kansas city i felt like my whole, whole town of carney was there yeah. and my first uh play was i think it was called rocket launch shovel screen <laughs> shovel screen right into the defensive end for a two-yard loss, he <laughs> just demolished me. But I caught it, and it was my first catch. It was awesome, you know. Uh, what so else do you I remember know, about that game? <laughs> me, I remember it being hot. I remember uh, I had to play every position because I don't. Somebody got hurt, and so I was playing H and Z, and uh, I remember coffee. Oh, I had to catch punts. I think coffee hurt his shoulder. <laughs> The part, I think Woods was the starting punt returner, and then Coffee heard they put Coffee back there, and then I had to catch punts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so that was a you know a uh, a change. Tell, tell me how many know. tickets you had to get for the first game, though. Oh, I at least <laughs> eighty four. You know, I mean that's the okay. I got to prepare for the game. Yeah. I got to get at least fifty tickets. Okay. <laughs> And uh, that's really it. I got to go see a movie on Thursday night. Like, that's it. <laughs> what, what movie I'm going to see. Oh, that's awesome. That's my man. week of preparation. So how many catches did you have in your first game? Do you remember that? Uh, I only remember my first one. I think I had three catches, if I remember. I had, think I had a smash, a gold, and that uh, rocket launch. What about you? What was your first game? <laughs> My first game was against Arkansas State. Uh, man, this was a long time ago, dude. I'm getting old. So, <laughs> 2004, yeah, against Arkansas State. And um, I remember being just exactly like what you said, right? Like you're hyped up, you're ready for the team. You want to be supportive of everybody else. But at the same time, like your focus is like, don't mess this up. <laughs> What's my assignment? We're going to run out there. He's going to call the play. Okay. We went over this in practice. Okay, what's the play? Decipher that. Get to the line of scrimmage. Like, make it look like you belong. Like, right? Like, do all your timing at the same time right. as everybody else. Put your hand down, same time. So you want to look like you belong. You want to look like you know what you're doing, and then you actually want to remember your assignment because you know, on Sunday when the game's over, and you go in the film room, everything you did, good or bad, is going to be on oh, yeah. history, and <laughs> you're going to get roasted. You get oh. graded by every play by your coaches, and then if you look bad, the team is going to roast you. So I remember just wanting to do well, and that was a um, it was a pretty hot camp for me because I had torn my shoulder, my labrum in my shoulder in spring ball the year before. And so, you know, in spring is usually when guys kind of solidify their spot, and then you go into fall camp, you have a couple scrimmages where right. they say, you know, everybody's even and you've got a chance to win a spot. But, like, in the spring, I didn't have – that opportunity and so going into fall camp i was at the bottom of the depth chart literally at the bottom and so over the time of 
fall camp to the first game, I ascended to the starting position. So I was a redshirt freshman starting over a senior. And so I really wanted to prove myself and show to everybody that I belonged there. And so I remember first pass, uh, wasn't the first play, but first pass I ever caught was a tight end screen pass. Uh, I took it 24 yards to the house and it took so much pressure off getting in the end zone. But I can remember, you remember how strict GP was. There was none of that celebrating, no diving into the end zone, none (laughs) of that, right? So I got the screen pass and I start running. I look up field and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm going to score a touchdown here. Like, I'm going to score. This is my first catch. And so your first thing is catch the ball. And then I'm like, I'm going to score. And so I'm running up the field and I see that it's pretty clear. I had to dodge like one player. And then there's a safety. It's coming out of the corner of my eye. And he's not really that close. But I can remember kind of like slowing down just a little bit so I could dive into the end zone and not get told like a <laughs> That didn't and sound I, like you at all. That and I did like this. anything you would do. <laughs> not at all. And I did this corny little half lean dive into the end zone. <laughs> you were like just enough, but you didn't want to really do it because you're like, first. Like you enough to like die and lose the ball. A little bit of swag so I could say something about it, but like not enough to where Coach Pinkle would jump on me and it would draw too much attention. <laughs> but it's crazy how those are the thoughts that happen in a split second right. during the play. You're like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to die, but Coach Pinkle's getting mad at me. So let me slow down a little bit so I can die. And it's, it's actually really crazy. I mean, I can remember having thoughts like that while you're playing. <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's so funny. And I think that I is open. that game like 52 to 20, which after that game, you know, it's 2004. So in 2003 was the first Independence Bowl. So 2004, we're supposed to be legit. We come out, you know, we blow out Arkansas State. Then the next week, we go to Troy. And we lose to Troy. We Yo, I remember, I remember that. I was watching you on TV, red shirt. And I just remember you guys getting destroyed, us getting <laughs> destroyed. And I was like, who is this defensive end that is destroying the entire offense? I said, he is incredible. Yep. Is that you at, at Troy? I was like, who is this guy? And then he turned out to be DeMarcus Ware. <laughs> and on the other side of that line was OCU Manure. <laughs> so, yeah. Maybe if you look at it in hindsight, uh, yeah, you're like, oh, could have been a little well, closer, but we still should have won that game, man. Yeah, but I was like, oh, practice could be terrible, and it was. <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely. <laughs> but I bring that up to say, like, you know, as bad or as good as the first game is, um, and you know, I know this game that we just played. Um, there's a lot of question marks and a lot of folks, you know, same old Mizzou mentality, different things like that. Yeah, um, but the season can. The first game has no implications on the rest of the season, basically is what I want to say. And so, you know, we got a good win. The team mantra here is 1-0, and it doesn't matter how close the game is. It doesn't matter how sloppy the game is. Actually, in the end of it, it matters is did you win. Uh, right. You know, when you look in the record books and you look back, if you win every single game by one point, you're undefeated national champs. So um, I'm encouraged by the way that this first game went. And looking forward to the rest of the season as well. Yeah, I think, you know, like Coach talked about, you know, this team's identity. Mm-hmm. And as I look at the first game, you know, not playing perfect, uh, 
what are they going to do? How are they going to respond? Right. Yeah. Some, some teams, some people respond to negativity really well. Right. Mm-hmm. And so other people, other teams, they get down on themselves. You know, sometimes yeah. that adversity really helps teams uh, wake up and see the mistakes that they made and really take it up to the next level. Um, and other teams, not so much. They, they get down on themselves and it's like, oh, here we go again. Right. And right. so it's going to be interesting to see what, um, how they respond. You know, Kentucky, every team is a good opponent. You know, we can go on and on about Kentucky, but it's really not about them. It's about Mizzou and what is Mizzou going to do, how they're going to respond. And as I listen to Coach Shrink in the press conference, one thing that's interesting to me is how humble he he was in the press conference. He was giving right. a lot of praise to Kentucky and, you know, and not really, you know, having that swag that you want to, I would say that some players, some people talk about, right. Of like, Hey, we're a great team. We're going to make, we're going to uh, make changes and go out there. We're going to get out there. It's going to be a great game. And we're going to compete and, and whatnot. It was almost a, a step down from that. And so, you know, obviously he knows his team. And I think it's always interesting to see that balance of balancing media and how you address the media, right? And that swag and that confidence and that, you know, killer mentality that you have to have as a uh, athlete and as a coach, right? We're, we're competing at a high level. And so it's really interesting to see that dynamic from, from coach. And I want to, you know, like – in the locker room, how is he? How is he talking to his players? What are those messages like? What What are your thoughts on that? And just balancing that media of not giving any, um, you know, bulletin board material to the other team, yeah. but also still speaking in a way with confidence. And just how do you balance that as a head coach? How do you? How would you balance that? Because I do think I think he did the right thing. I think he always, you know, talks the way that his team is going to respond the way he should uh, should talk. How do you see that? I think one of the best things he said in that press conference was there's room for improvement. And he said the biggest room in the house is the room for improvement. Like that to me, that sets the tone, right? Right. And whether you're running a business, whether you're running a team, whatever it is. And he's the CEO of that athletic department. He's the CEO of the team managing stakeholder expectations, right? right. That's one of the most important things to do, especially when you're trying to change, you can't yes. come in and try to tell everybody, Hey, I know what you guys used to do. That didn't work. We're going to change it all. And everything's going to be great right away. Right. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's humanizing the change that's taken place within his football team within the university and within the athletic department. There's a lot of things that are going on around there. It's not just football. We're focused on that specifically, but what he's doing right now is making sure that everybody understands, hey, I'm a confident football coach. I feel like we have a really good football team, but I can't tell you we're going to go out there and set the world on fire because that's not how it works. And you'd think that we as fans and we as people would know that by now, but every time something's new and something changes, Every, all our common sense goes out the window and we think, oh, since we made this change, now this is going to happen. But it still takes time. And so what he's doing is allowing, 
to me, it's, it's buying time. It's like, hey, listen, I'm here. I'm the guy, but I'm not trying to get ran out of town in three years because I came in here promising you guys the world and that we were going to turn everything around and be number one in the SEC. Uh, within my first two, three, four, five years, we're going to win a national championship. He's like, listen, we're playing a football game here. We got guys that make mistakes. We're going to correct those mistakes. We're going to do our part. It may not be pretty, but that's what we're going to do. This is how right. we operate around here. And and he also, like what you just said, bulletin board material, he gave Kentucky absolutely nothing <laughs> to get fired right. up about. All he did was right. praise their guys. He praised their new coach. All he did was talk about how good they were. And there was no backsided jabs. You know, there was no sneak dissing in his uh, press conference at all. It was a very genuine, very toned down. Uh, it was a Joe Biden-esque <laughs> press well, conference. When, <laughs> number one, it's funny because you said that whenever you said managing clients' expectations, like literally when he was talking, I was like, that's what that's exactly what he's doing, <laughs> number one. And I think that for me as a Kobe Bryant fan, this goes to the Kobe Bryant and LeBron James argument, okay? Mm -hmm. This goes to the old school and new school, right? Of that win by all costs, um, like I'm a killer. Like I remember listening to LeBron James early in his career and he said, they lost the game and he said, you know, we played good enough to win the game. And I'm like, no, you didn't, you lost. <laughs> right. How do you play good enough to win the game when you lost, right? And um, you've seen how successful LeBron has been by, you know, doing what he's supposed to do, right? He's not forcing any shots. He's He ha is building a team around him. And I think that's what you said, what Coach is doing. He's setting the expectations from a marketing perspective around right. Mizzou, around the alumni, around all the diehard fans, right? And I think sometimes you don't, that's not what you want to hear. But if we take a step back and take off our, you know, diehard Mizzou, like we want to win every game, Pat, you know, realistically to go undefeated in a season is very difficult. Correct. Right? <laughs> right? To undefeat a national champion. Right. That's what we expect every year. It's tough. And so I think it is smart uh, for him to, to do that. You know, I think the, for me, it's just how does that transition to his team? What's the message to the team? What are, What's right. the difference, you know, if we're talking marketing tactics, motivational messaging, you know, how does that translate differently to the team, which I think is would be interesting to be in the locker room and, and hear that because we only hear, you know, the outward facing sound bites, uh, and, sound bites and right. We're not in that. We're not in there. We haven't been in there in two days and then every single you know, uh, talk after practice. Right. Right. No. Um, and one of the things that I thought about was, you know, all of the hype around him has been created outside of him. If you look at his press conferences, he says the right things, you know, but it also looks like he's doing the right things. But when I say he's saying the right things, it's just like this press conference today. He's just telling it like it is. He's not pumping anything up. He's just giving you're the honest truth. And, you know, you talk about like, what do you want out of your program? How hard is it to go undefeated, win the national championship? He's trying to build a stable football program. And I get the, especially right now, if you're a Mizzou fan, 
I think that would be incredibly encouraging, right? After <laughs> everything that's happened over the last six years at Mizzou, seeing a guy who's got all the hype because of his reputation, not because of his mm -hmm. mouth, and then listening to what's coming out of his mouth and seeing what he's building, being, building a stable football team, football department at the University of Missouri is incredibly important. And I think that's what he's doing. And to me, that's probably the most encouraging part is he's not trying to smoke and mirrors. He's not trying to right. do stuff, make stuff magic. He's playing football and he's right. teaching kids the right way and uh, to be citizens, uh, football players, uh, 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 students. I mean, the whole gamut, that's what he's doing is teaching. He's building young men. And that's what Gary Pinkle did, if you ask me. I think that he built young men. And as he got more of his guys on the team and he continued to stick with what he was teaching and he got more and more young men to buy in to his system of making them better people, players, uh, boyfriends, um, students, sons, they became, we became better football players. Right. And so I see a lot of those similarities in the style and without being in the locker room, you don't know exactly what he's telling his guys, but just to, from hearing what's coming out of his mouth and seeing the product on the field, um, that's just what it looks like to me as he's trying to build a great program, a successful program through building high quality guys who want to work hard, do things the right way. And oh, by the way, he's a great coach. And he surrounded himself with, which is probably almost even more important, as he surrounded right. himself with a boatload of talent on the coaching staff. NFL right. guys, storied college guys, young cats who are really close to the game, just got finished playing a couple of years ago. Like he's got a really wide array of experience, uh, talents, and uh, around him on that staff. And I think those are things that it takes to be vital because he can't, I mean, he's 37, so he's, 37 38 he's still young but you can't relate to every single player and having younger guys on your staff helps you do that but he's 37 to 38 so he doesn't have all of the experience or all the chops that these older guys do so bringing some of these cats from the nfl um to join his staff uh, i think speaks volumes for his um his foresight into how to run a program and knowing that he can't do it all he's just a guy who's directing the ship right and I would say, you know, listen, you say that and having that consistency, I think what as a fan, as you watch the game and you know the history of Mizzou, I think what you get frustrated about is the inconsistencies, right? Right. In this first game, they pressured the quarterback really well on defense side, right? Mm -hmm. But then they're giving up big plays, long drives on the in the run game. Yep. Right? So you see these – you see these – glimpses of how great we could be and being able to dial in and, and be consistent in every phase of the game doing what you're supposed to do um you know reading your keys and um and your reads i mean i think that is really where the difference is the fundamentals just like i talked about as a receiver arm over keeping your shoulder square get your defender behind your back all those little things is how you become great yeah. Um, and how you win games. And so, uh, you know, I think that this season is going to be um, – it's going to be interesting to see uh, mm -hmm. and see how they progress and see how they improve, uh, yeah. regardless of regardless of the scoreboard of how are they playing, how is their enthusiasm, how 
uh, are the fundamentals. Where, how are they winning games, right? Yeah. How uh, are they, just like you said, they're not, they are not um, giving up a bunch of penalties, right? Or do they right. just not have the talent? Are they getting beat off the line of scrimmage? Are they getting overpowered? Are they making big plays downfield? I think as we progress through the season, it's going to be interesting to see is where or as we're watching the games, I would say let's watch and see where are they winning and losing battles, sure. right? Is it at the line of scrimmage on the receiving end? Are they dropping balls? Mm-hmm. Or is there pressure on the quarterback that is causing those balls not to be in the right spot? Um, right. Is the – you know, defensive line getting pushed back into the linebackers, and so linebackers can't make a tackle. They can't see. Is that why the running game? You know, um, right. I'm just so I'm so offensive minded, and look, I'm, look, I'm looking at right receivers. That's the only thing yeah. that really matters. I mean, yeah, that's how you're gonna win the game. I mean, right? Let's bring more points to them. Uh, you know, that's it. So well, I think that's a pretty good segue, though, into. Um, what are you looking for next week? What are you going to be looking for out of Mizzou um, on offense and on defense uh, going into the Kentucky game? Uh, I think just those improvements on the run game uh, on the defensive side of how they address uh, that. What are they going to do uh, as far as uh, the fronts, as far as just play intensity uh, at the receiver position, just uh, – seeing how they're getting off off the ball, seeing how they're running their routes. I mean, I saw some great route running uh, from the receivers in this first game. Uh, and so to see how that improves, uh, if they're squaring their digs off, if they're um, – I mean, I saw a slant that was just, like, incredible. Um, so I'm, I'm – uh, and I'll come back next week and, and have some specific plays. Uh, maybe we could pull up and, and show because – uh, I think those are the things, those are the way that you win games of, of those of those few plays. So um, that's what I'll be watching. What about you? Solid. Um, <clears throat> third downs. Third downs are going to be big for our defense, uh, watching them get off get off the field. And then for offense as well, being able to extend drives, uh, keeping our defense off the field, right? If we can sustain drives, wear down their defense, I think that's going to be one of the keys to winning this game. Coach Drink talked about, Kentucky's offensive line, right? It's one of the best in the SEC, if not in the country. Uh, could be coach speak, but they do have two uh, really good offensive tackles. And so, and they just got a, a transfer from Penn State. And so at quarterback. And so, you know, he talked about the play action and how they threw for, I don't know, 390 yards or 400 yards or something like that last week. Right. And so just watching how our defense controls the line of scrimmage or gets controlled on the line of scrimmage because when you got an offense that can throw the ball for 400 yards, but they can also run it uh, and setting up that play action, it makes for a long day for the defense. And so keeping those guys, um, keeping their offense off the field, I think is going to be a big key for me. Um, The receivers and the receiving core for Mizzou, I think that's going to be a key area where they're going to have to step up and make plays. Um, You know, Tyler Beatty did a fantastic job. Uh, and the offensive line did a great job last week of blocking for him. He ran for just over 200 yards, I think it was. And so Kentucky's going to be prepared for that, right? They're going to know that we can run the ball and we've got a dynamic running back. And so as they game plan for that, what are we going to do now to counterbalance that and to make sure we still have success um, on offense? And then 
with the new defensive coordinator and having a, a new defensive scheme, one of the things Kentucky does is they shift a lot, they motion a lot. And besides giving the quarterback cues as to where, whether you're in man or zone defense, what motions uh, and shifts are also designed for is to create confusion on the defense. Communication is so big, whether it's football, whether it's life, whether it's business. And so when you got guys running from one side of the formation to another, you've got to make all your checks and you got to make your calls and all those things and make sure everybody's on the same page so everyone is covered. And so when you're out there thinking about a new defensive scheme, you're playing next to a guy who you maybe didn't play get, play with last year. You got a, you know, a guy who had a great game in Blaze Aldridge um, last week who wasn't even on the team last year. Uh, you got a lot of things to worry about other than just your communication. And so the more you can make a team communicate, the better chance you have of them making a mistake. So um, I'll be very uh, keyed in on seeing how the defense responds to how their offense um, runs the show and makes their adjustments and things like that. Yeah, I would say the one thing I would warn any current players on the team that's a redshirt freshman, you're playing a, an SEC team for the first time. Take it from a vet, from an old head. <laughs> I remember we played Nebraska, kickoff return. I was ready. I was ready, okay? I came and set the wedge. I'm about to blow this dude up, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to light him up. You know what I'm saying? This is kickoff return. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. First play of the game. Let's go. Let's go. Listen, do you know how? <laughs> do you know how much stronger somebody else is and better than you whenever you're running full speed at somebody and you guys hit and then you go to your back? <laughs> that, that happened to me once. <laughs> that happened to me twice. Both times <gasps> in the Nebraska game, my red shirt <laughs> freshman, <laughs> freshman year on kickoff return. I was about oh, to light this God. cat up straight to my back. And then I was ready the next time. I I was ready. It happened <laughs> once. Never going to happen again, right? <laughs> Two times. What? <laughs> I said, okay. So, hey, man, kickoff return is the absolute worst. Hey, so if you're return. on kickoff return, you're an animal. Go, but hey, <laughs> go earn it. Hey, but I put my nose in there every time. Yeah, every I'm not time. scared to get hit. Got to go not get scared it. To, Hey, I'm not scared. Everybody uh, gets it sooner or later. Hey, right? hey, one time. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, that's perfect, guys. We're going to end it right there. Big thanks to Tommy, man. Appreciate you ending it on a high note with uh, your failure stories. <laughs> <laughs> I got Big a bunch thanks. of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long season. <laughs> it's a long season. We go. We keep them coming. Oh, thanks so much to 360 Vodka for sponsoring Making Mizzou. Thanks so much to you guys for tuning in. We can't wait to see you guys next week after another big Tiger win. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.